Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck on MMAFighting.com. My name is Mike Heck. Thank you all so much for checking out the show this week. Wherever it is that you are doing so, and this was a very interesting show to put together because... Of course, UFC 249 happened on Saturday night, and the event was great, and I'm going to explain why it was so great in a moment, but by the time this show drops, UFC Jacksonville will have come and gone as well, and there will be, like, no reaction to it since the show will be in the can and in post-production by the time it even begins. By the time Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira's fight ends, we'll be putting this all together, so... I hope you enjoyed the event nonetheless, but between 249 and the UFC Jacksonville virtual media day on Monday and the weigh-ins on Tuesday and the preview shows and all that stuff, we're still able to, to make this thing happen and have it make sense in some way with now three guests. We did have four um, a little while ago, but a quick scheduling change went down. I'll explain it in a little bit, but real quick on UFC 249, we're going to talk quite a bit about that card on the show this week, and I'm sorry if I'm about to go off on a tangent here, but... Man, this thing delivered in a big way. And the biggest reason is, at least in my opinion, storylines are everything in sports in terms of how an event ages. Like, perfect example, when everyone was basically on lockdown a month or so ago, casual fans or fans just getting into MMA would ask me, what events should I go back and watch? And there's a lot of good ones, but UFC 199 to me is always the first one that's on the top of my list. Why? Storylines galore. I mean, the first fight of the night between Dong Hyun Ma and Marco Polo Reyes was one of the best fights, not just on the card, but of the entire year. Of the entire year. That fight was ridiculous. If you haven't seen that event, I mean, the prelims alone for UFC 199 had Jessica Andrade, had Brian Ortega versus Clay Guida, had... Benil Darius versus James Vick. Dustin Poirier was the main card opener. There was this incredibly ridiculous fight, and I mean ridiculous, between Dan Henderson and Hector Lombard, with Dan Henderson just mounting this incredible comeback and finishing the fight with that head kick and elbows. You had Max Holloway versus Ricardo Lamas with the infamous, you know, point to the canvas moment with 10 seconds left in the fight from Holloway. What a performance that was for him. Dominic Cruz versus Uriah Faber had their rematch, and then Michael Bisbing became the UFC middleweight champion. And that was just the action in the cage. Because throughout the night we had, we found out Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 2 was happening over the summer at UFC 202. And then the return of Brock Lesnar was happening at UFC 200. I mean, this card, UFC 199, excuse me, was so full of storylines. And that's why it was so memorable. It was one of those events that if you watched it, you were happy you did. And if you didn't, you regretted it. And I feel like UFC 249 is the same way because that one had lots of storylines, lots of things you're going to remember about that card. Of course, it was the return of sports. We had lots of conversations about COVID-19 testing. And then we found out Jacare and members of his team tested positive on Friday night. So things got a little bit dicey. You know, and we're, we're going to find out a little bit later on in the show as well that there was another near problem as it relates to this card. But that was something we had our eye on the entire week. And we're trying to stay positive and, and hope for the best. But that news came out and it could have been worse. But the event still went on as scheduled. And it started with the fun fight between Ryan Spann and just a, a gritty as hell Sam Alvey. And then we had back-to-back fights that were just off the charts in their own ways. Like Bryce Mitchell put on a launching pad type performance against Charles Rosa. Got his camo shorts to boot from Dana White and Reebok. I mean, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price? Come on now. What a ridiculous fight that was. Then we had a couple of decision wins for Carlos Esparza and Alexi Olenek. 
And then a great fight to cap off the prelims between Anthony Pettis and Donald Cerrone. Pettis gets the win. And then the main card starts. And you have Greg Hardy getting a win over Jorgen DeCastro. And clearly DeCastro had a foot injury in the second round. Changed the entire complexion of the fight. I'm not trying to discredit Greg Hardy at all because he fought a smart fight. But you have to bring that up when it comes to how the fight went down. I, I reached out to Jorgen DeCastro. It seems like his foot was indeed broken. I haven't 100% confirmed that, but he pretty much confirmed that himself on Facebook. I think he was just waiting for, you know, just the, the x-ray to, to show that 100%. But, I mean, you could watch it on Saturday night. You could tell that there was something wrong and that his foot was probably broken. And then Calvin Cater with an incredible finish over Jeremy Stevens, who missed weight by four and a half pounds. Francis Ngannou gets a 20-second knockout over Jarzinho Rosenstrike. So in, with storylines, now we wonder what is next for Francis Ngannou in the heavyweight division in general with Stipe and Daniel Cormier looking to have their trilogy fight. And then he had Cejudo and Cruz for the Bantamweight title. You have Cruz coming back from a four-year layoff, and he looked pretty good. Cejudo looked great, but the stoppage, was it too early? Then you have Dominic Cruz's accusations towards Keith Peterson and Henry Cejudo retiring. Like, now this creates a whole new conversation, potentially, at 135 pounds. That's a, that is, of course, if he does, in fact, stay retired. But then, the top of the card, Justin Gaethje, that phenomenal performance against Tony Ferguson. That was a star-making performance. Fifth-round TKO win over, in my opinion, the toughest man on planet Earth and Tony Ferguson. It was just so impressive from Gaethje offensively, and then Ferguson's ability to just take punishment and keep fighting. Like, it was so ridiculous to watch. And now Gaethje seems to have a date with Habib Nurmagomedov, maybe on Fight Island they're talking about this summer, but there's been some reports coming out that uh, that Habib's dad is is now in a coma, and that's really scary stuff. So thoughts and prayers go out to to, to all of those guys, to, to Habib and his family and everything, because that's really just a scary thing, especially this time in the world. But uh, we also wondered when Conor McGregor would would speak about what happened on Saturday night. When when would he react to everything? And it was Monday, and I'm sure you guys all saw that rant on Twitter to, I guess, insert himself into the conversation, but I don't think anything changes here. Conor's the biggest star in the world, but not even Conor McGregor can can slow down the momentum of Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje to unify those titles. But that's what I mean, storylines galore, and those are the events that stick out in the annals of the sport and the promotion. These are the types of events like UFC 249 that we're going to watch again and again and talk about for years to come because any one of your friends that comes up to you and say, what events do I need to watch? You're going to mention UFC 249 and then you're probably going to go back and watch it yourself. So my hat goes off to all of the fighters involved for putting on a hell of a show on Saturday night. And speaking of shows, and I apologize for ranting, I just wanted to get that out there. Let's run down this week's lineup for What the Heck. Later on in the program, we're going to be joined by surging UFC lightweight contender Diego Fajera, the number 10 ranked 55er on the planet. He's attached to quite a bit of what happened at UFC 249 and the Wednesday night event in Jacksonville, which will be over by the time this show actually drops. But we're going to check in with CDF a little later on and see what is going on with him. We were supposed to speak with Bellator lightweight and former UFC and WEC champion Benson Henderson to give an update on his rematch with Michael Chandler and what life has been like for him during the COVID-19 pandemic. But that has been postponed and will actually happen later on today as this drops on Thursday afternoon. So a little bonus interview coming your way this week. But in around 20 minutes or so, we're going to chat with one of the big winners from UFC 249 on Saturday, Calvin Cater. A huge win for him. We're going to check in with the Boston finisher, go in-depth on that crazy fight week, the finish of Jeremy Stevens, Stevens missing weight, and much more. But to get a fighter's perspective on UFC 249 and all the big stories, let us check in with one of the biggest MMA fans in the UFC. This guy knows the stuff, and frankly, there was nobody else that I wanted on to recap this event with me. Let us kick off the show with the number 10 ranked featherweight in the world, Shane Burgos. All right, so with UFC 249 in the books, I wanted to spend some time on this week's show recapping the craziness of the UFC's return to action. So I figured let's bring on one of the most knowledgeable members of the roster, a top 10 fighter in one of the most fascinating divisions in the UFC. Let us welcome Shane Burgos to the show for the first time. Shane, good to see you, man. How are you? 
I'm good, man. Thanks for the compliment, by the way. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That quarantine hair and the beard, that is something else, man. I'm envious of it, if we're being honest. But uh, how long How long is the hair taken to flow the way that it's flowing right now? My hair grows super slow. I shaved my head after my first MSG fight. So, I mean, it's been like a year and a half, and this is the longest I got it. <laughs> <laughs> With Ricky Simone cutting his, this might be the best uh, sort of mullet in the UFC right now. There is no close second. It's not a mullet technically because the top is still long. I just had the whole thing growing. I just only thing, only thing I do is cut sides. Mullet-ish. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> uh, b- before we get into Saturday and all the chaos, how uh, how has quarantine life been treating you, especially being in one of the hot spots for COVID in the country? Uh, it's been treating me pretty good, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I've been training. I've been doing a lot of training. I'm, this is probably the best shape I've ever been in without having a fight before. So uh, I'd say it's been treating me pretty good. For other people a little bit differently around the area, but uh, for me personally, it's been good. I have, I have well, my strength and conditioning gym is literally like, like not even a quarter mile down the road from my house. Like I literally just walked back from the, from the gym to come back and do this interview. You look, uh, you look pretty swole right now, man. You getting, uh, getting those weights in? Yeah, man. Yeah, my weight's actually going down too, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Yep, even better. Well, we got a we got a nice distraction from everything on Saturday night with UFC 249 main event. Justin Gaethje becomes the UFC interim lightweight champion with a fifth round TKO win over Tony Ferguson. What a performance from Justin Gaethje! What stuck out to you the most in those 24 minutes or so of action? Well, uh, flawless performance, basically. Um, what stuck out to me was one: his cardio was impeccable. He looked like he was in phenomenal shape. wasn't really breathing heavy in the stool. No, and the second thing is uh, his condition, not, sorry, not his condition, his patience. His patience was on point, man. He usually goes out there like a berserker. He's been fighting a lot more patiently lately, but that one was even like, he was very methodical, and I could really appreciate that. Hindsight is a big word that that's used in the sport. And one thing that's been questioned quite a bit, even heading into that fight, was should Tony Ferguson have taken it when the Habib fight was potentially waiting for him later on the year. And Ferguson took the fight. Doesn't really surprise anybody. He obviously no. had his moments, even dropped Gaethje with the beautiful uppercut in the second round. But for the most part, that fight was all Gaethje. But when you found out that Ferguson was going to take this fight with all the April 18th craziness going on, did you have that same question? Uh, I, I 100% knew he was going to take it. Like, it was Tony Ferguson. That's a Tony Ferguson move. Like, the dude made weight three weeks ago, too. So after that, I was like, yeah. it, it, it's completely him to take the fight. And I respect it. What did you think of him making the weight and then having to cut it again three weeks later? Did you think that was a mistake at the end of the day? Well, no, I don't. I think three weeks was long enough to not really affect him, but uh, it, it was nonsensical. I would, I wouldn't have done it personally. Like if you give me, if you give me an extra three weeks, to tell me the fight's canceled. I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gonna eat a little bit more, get my my weight back up. But uh, yeah, I think, it, I think that's another Tony move, though. I'm not even surprised that he did it. But now it seems like Justin Gaethje has a date with Habib Nurmagomedov to to unify the titles. Dana White coming out earlier and saying they're shooting for Fight Island this summer. But Conor McGregor went on a, a Twitter tirade earlier this week trying to insert himself into the conversation. But Habib versus Gaethje is a crazy fight on paper right now. How do you think he matches up with Habib after that fight on Saturday? Oh, man, I really – like if you look at – what does he have? Uh, seven fights in the UFC, right? Uh, Gaethje, that was the seventh fight. Not one person has really tried to wrestle him. So based off of that fight, I really can't say how the Khabib fight's going to go because you, we know what Khabib's going to do. We know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try to take Justin down. And he, I mean, he's going to take him down. And I'm not saying that to, to, that's a knock on Justin's wrestling. He's a phenomenal wrestler, but Khabib is taking everyone down. <laughs> like whether you're a phenomenal wrestler or not, like his MMA wrestling is, is probably the best in, in, in the world, period. Um, so I wish that Tony would have shot a little bit more so we could see that, that takedown defense because we haven't really seen anyone try to take Justin down, especially in the USA. We did a matchmaker piece on the site, and for Tony Ferguson, I said, I don't even want to think about what's next for him right now after that fight. Like, 24 minutes of him taking the punishment that he took, taking all those huge shots, and only stopping because his body just wouldn't let him continue. Like, let's let him heal up before talking about his next fight. Do do you agree with that, or do you think there should be something sort of people people can eyeball for for El Kahui? No, one million percent. He needs a break. I saw um, Aaron Bronstetter. He had a good point. He said... um, he tweeted, uh, make Tony versus versus Connor. If Tony wins, you do Khabib versus Tony. And if if, if he beats Justin, and if uh, Tony loses, then you do Connor versus the winner of that fight, which I was like, all right, that does make kind of sense. But that means Connor's got to be out for a while. Like, Tony should not be fighting for the next, I'd say he should give his body at least six months just to really recover. I don't think he will, but I think he should. Yeah, I think one of the things I mentioned in that post was I think Tony Ferguson's biggest challenge is going to be Tony Ferguson himself. 
you know, yeah. people are going to be telling him to, to hang out, but he's, he is who he is. He's a, yeah. he's a wild man. <laughs> and man, his legs are going to be hurting from that. His head's got to be hurting. He's got a broken orbital. He, sh- he should really be taking it easy, but, uh, I don't know if he will necessarily. So, <laughs> <laughs> Co-main event, Henry Cejudo goes out and defeats Dominic Cruz via TKO in the second round. It's a fantastic performance from Cejudo. Cruz looked pretty good, too, considering the long layoff. But before we get into, into the bigger story from this fight, thoughts on the stoppage from referee Keith Peterson and then the subsequent comments afterwards from Dominic Cruz. It wasn't my favorite stoppage um, watching it. It wasn't the worst stoppage I've ever seen. Uh, personally, if I'm the ref, I'm not, I've never refed a fight before. I don't want to step on anyone's toes or anything. I've never refed a fight, obviously. But personally, I think if I was in his shoes, I would have let it go, go on a little bit quicker. And uh, how many, how much time was left on the clock before the bell rang? It was less than 10 seconds. It was probably, probably like three or four seconds yeah, after it was done. Seconds. So I'm like, come on, man. Kind of like, whether it was a title fight or not, like there's three seconds left and he was starting to get up. Like, just just let it play out. Especially, like, that's, maybe that's the fighter and me talking because I know I want to go out on my shield, especially when there's three seconds left and I'm going to get a nice long minute break. Like, I, I feel like he would have survived that like, three seconds. I've, I've, we've seen fighters, you know, kind of talk about the referees and about stoppages. I mean, there's only one Robbie Lawler, like that Robbie Lawler, Herb Dean thing was, was legendary after the Ben Askren fight. But for the most part, if, if a fighter feels a fight, a fight was stopped too early, they'll have some things to say about the rep. But Dominic Cruz has made some heavy accusations here saying that Keith Peterson smelled like cigarettes and booze. Like, what did you make of those comments? I don't think Dominic Cruz is a sore loser. I don't think he would have said those things just to say them. So I think he really does feel that way. And um, he's a reputable guy. Like, you, you got to – Cruz, like, he's got a clean reputation. I don't think anyone can, can knock that. I think everyone can agree with that. So uh, I think he really felt that way. We got a visitor. You made a mess on the couch? Yeah. All right, I'll clean it when I'm done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you want to hear as a dad. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so Hudo finishes Cruz and this guy is just rolling right now. He's, you know, the cringiness aside, the man is becoming a draw in the UFC. Yeah. And then he retires. Like, I did not see that one coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well you know Henry Cejudo, but do you believe him when he says he's done? I did, I did a, a, a follow-up show with uh, Danny Skura and we were talking about this too. And he said, he was, well, I didn't watch the, the post-fight press conference, but he, uh, but he was telling me about it and saying that uh, Cejudo started to tear up. His coaches were tearing up talking about it. So, um, I mean that right there is that made it that made it more believable hearing him talk about that. But uh, at first I didn't. I was like, oh no, this is definitely a negotiation ploy. He's going to try to try to use this to get more money. We've seen him sort of like do this before. Like uh, Daniel Cormier was talking with Ariel yesterday as we record, and he was saying that Henry Cejudo walked away from wrestling at 21 years yeah. of age when he was like the best wrestler in the country. So this isn't new for Henry Cejudo to walk out on top on his own terms too, which I. Have- that's how every single one of us wants to go out. But uh, he's a competitor. He's been competing since he was before he was probably 10, right? I'm assuming. So uh, I feel like he's definitely going to get that itch and he's going to want to come back and compete soon. Yeah. He said uh, Dana White knows the number. If he hits it, he'll be back. But if he is, in fact, done, we're going to have a vacant title in yeah. one of the deepest divisions in the UFC at 135. And Dana White said it's going to be Piotr Jan versus somebody. And Jan scheduled to face Marlon Marias on June 13th. It's not happening in Kazakhstan. We don't know what the hell is happening with that. But is that the fight to make for the title? Plus, it looks like Aljamain Sterling and Corey Sandhagen's being discussed for June 6th. Maybe that gets pushed to the same card or something. Like, how would you play it all out if you uh, you had the matchmaking pencil? I mean, I, I think it, I, I think saying Jan is the, is the automatic guy to get the shot. I, I think it's a little bit of a knock on uh, on Sterling. Because I think Sterling's been on the on the hottest streak, I would say. Like, if you look at the names he's beaten, I think I think Sterling should be the lock. I think, I think it should be Sterling versus Jan. That makes the most sense, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and then Sanhagen versus Marias. Yeah, yes, exactly. Do a four man tournament like that. I think Cejudo called for that too. Yeah, that's and then you, know, and then you have uh, Aldo and um, Cruz. That would be an awesome fight. Also, get Frankie Edgar in the mix too. <laughs> yeah, 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 thirty five yeah. is just crazy right now. And yeah. then you got before all that happened, Francis Ngannou goes out and knocks out Jarzinho Rosenstrike in twenty seconds, and that man is uh, mm-hmm. is a man possessed right now. He's also. In a really tough spot right now because yeah. Stipe Miocic and, and Daniel Cormier, they're trying to line up their trilogy fight. So after that win, will Francis Ngannou, do you think he's going to have to take another fight before getting a title shot? Or does he just wait it out because he's a very active guy and it could be, you know, end of the year at the earliest he'd get a fight like that, but likely not till 2021. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he has to do anything. I think he can just sit back and definitely relax. And, I, and if I'm his management and his coach, I would advise that because the dude's heavyweight. He makes heavyweight money. Um, everyone knows his name. Everyone knows that he's the next guy in line, at, like fan-wise, I'm saying. 
So, I mean, if I'm him and if I'm his management and coaches, I'm telling him, good job. I got I to go. Okay? Um, I'm telling him, just sit back, relax, man. Kick back, walk, let the fights play out. Go, in, go out there and fight for your title. Because you're fighting a heavyweight, man. He goes up there and who's he going to fight next? I'm sure he's going to fight. If, if it wasn't for the title, he's going to fight a killer. And he's going to roll the dice in that one. It's like, uh, why? Yeah, I agree. Your former opponent, Calvin Cater, picked up a nice win over Jeremy Stevens. Just a filthy knockout. He's going to join us later on in the show. But that was, a, that was a nasty finish. What did you think of that big win and his probable ascent into a top five matchup? Oh, the fight was awesome, honestly. And I, I had uh, Stevens edging that first round out. The first round was really close. I had Stevens winning. Then the second round, it completely flipped. I had Cater picking it up. Uh, as a fan, it was, it was just an awesome fight. And I mean, he has a win over me, so I'm definitely always rooting for him, too. So I'm happy to see him get that win. Greg Hardy gets a win. Pettis got a win. Luke A. and Price was wild, but uh, another featherweight made some noise on Saturday. Bryce Mitchell defeating uh, another former opponent of yours and Charles Rosa. And Bryce is not someone that you probably particularly have your eye on for the immediate future right this second. But I know you guys share the same management team and everything, but that was an impressive win for Thug Nasty on Saturday, was it not? Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah it was. I think it was only, uh, I think Bryce landed 40 strikes in that fight and uh, Rosa landed only five. But that was probably the most exciting grappling, like zero, almost not, like striking wasn't even a thing. Ground and pound wasn't even a thing. That fight was exciting. Like just with the grappling alone. It was crazy. Yeah. It was an absolutely crazy yeah. fight. A lot of people are throwing out like they want to see him with Ryan Hall next. And, you know, I'd love to see it. I think that's a, a, a future fight that everyone's going to want to see. My choice, Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely. I think that's a, an appropriate step up. That's funny. I, I saw you post that and I was talking to my brother and they were like, who's next? Uh, me and my brother were talking. I was like, yeah, him and Feely would actually be a really good fight. And then you post that right after. I showed my brother. I was like, didn't I just say this? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking the same exact thing. So let's, uh, that, that was a hell of an event. Obviously there's two more coming up this week, but let's talk about what's going on with you. You know, a lot has changed since we last spoke. New management, you and Lyman Good are both with first round management. And I know speaking with Lyman a little while ago, he said you guys were, were very happy with that decision. And I know it's tough to gauge right now, but when would you like to to get back in there in a perfect world and, and build on this top 10 ranking of yours? Next month, man. I'm trying to lock something down for next month. Next month? Anything yeah. anything come your way yet? or uh, no, Nothing official, but some, some stuff is in the works. Can't say anything yet, but some stuff is in the works. So hopefully it goes through. Hopefully I have a fight now in the next week or two. In the States? Or are we going to Fight Island, Shane? What's happening? I, that, I, that I literally don't even have a clue about. <laughs> I don't even give a fuck. I just need to fight at this point. <laughs> I don't care where it's at. Sort of. I mean, I know you have some stuff in the works, but sort of looking at the rankings right now, I, th- I think Josh Emmett would make some sense. And I know he's looking for a higher ranked guy and you usually don't care who you fight anyways. But now that you have that number 10 next to your name, do you feel like you're in an interesting spot trying to get yeah. up that, those rankings? Because, you know, now getting a guy ranked ahead of you, like an Emmett, he's probably going to want somebody higher ranked than you or oh, we all, Yeah, we, we're all, we, we all do at this point. And it's like, but my last fight, I, I just earned my ranking. Then I fought, um, Habib Cub and then I fought Macon who wasn't ranked. And I was like, you know what? I just got my ranking. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I want to fight him, fight him. That's the guy I got. Fine. I'll defend my rank. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, let me fight somebody ahead of me now. Give me, give me an opportunity to fight somebody ahead. I'm number 10. I want to fight one of these top 10 guys. Do you feel like you're going to have some difficulty getting those types of fights unless, you know, maybe run off another win or two? I, I Maybe, but I don't know exactly how to say it just because this whole COVID shit going on. I don't know what, I don't know who's really exactly available to fight. Like if you look at the top 10, like yeah, Stevens and, and Cater just fought and the rest of the guys, none of them are booked. They're all in the works, but nobody is booked. So I don't know, I don't know if they can fight. I don't know if they want to fight. I don't, I don't know. From a competitive standpoint, you have to be excited being in this division right now because it's as interesting as it's ever been. So much yeah. talent from 1 to 15 and beyond. There's a lot of really good fights in your future, right? 100%. I, I, I'm biased aside. Like if you look at 1 to 15, this is really, I think, the most stacked division. Like every single fighter in, in the top 15 is excited. <laughs> Who do you think wins that rematch between Volkanovski and Holly? Do you think things go any differently there? I think Max is really, really good at making adjustments. Um, he didn't do it in the first fight, but I uh, mean, it's, it's hard to say. I, I I think he'll be able to make the adjustments and switch some things up and go in the rematch, but I don't know if it'll be enough to get the win. I, it's, it's, it's a close fight. It's a close fight. How is, um, how is Lyman doing right now? Like he was the first UFC fighter to come out and, and share that he had COVID and, you know, kind of laying my cards on the table. I had heard that that was the case and I had reached out to him prior and he said he was just injured and that's why he wasn't fighting. Turns out that, you know, the rumors are true, but 
you know, it seems like he's on the other side of it right now. But what was that time like for for him, for you and, and your whole team? I mean, for, for me, I was like, I found out he had it. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that. Like, I've been training with him so much. Like, I was grappling with him, sparring with him, pads with him, strength conditioning with him. I was like, we just got back from Vegas. I was like, fuck. I was like, if he has it, I, I was like, I definitely have it. Never had any symptoms. Another one of my te- uh, teammates, he didn't have any symptoms either. But uh, there was three of us training. So he went and got tested for the antibodies. And he didn't have it. So it was like, oh, shit, we completely dodged the bullet there. We didn't get it at all. <laughs> so we we luckily have been fine. But um, he said it was bad two two weeks that were really bad. And then after that, he's back to normal. I was training with him yesterday. Wow. So did you get? Did you end up getting tested? I didn't get tested because I haven't felt uh, any symptoms whatsoever. I felt fine this entire time. But like I said, my other teammate, who was the third one of us, went and got tested for the antibodies because he had a doctor that was willing to do it real quick. So it's like, all right, cool. So because if, if, if my other if he had it, then I definitely had to have had it. But we didn't. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know if I had it or not, but I was I never really get sick. But in February, I got so sick for like a week. And this is before it really started to hit in the U.S. Yeah. And my kid got sick, too. He never really gets sick. So we're, we're kind of wondering if we ended up getting it or not. But Shane, I know you got your hands full right now. I appreciate the time for coming on and, and breaking down UFC 249. Hopefully we can get you back in there sooner rather than later. Anything else you want to get off your chest for the folks before we let you go? Oh man, I'm excited to be back though, man. I can't wait. Hopefully in a week or two, I'll have something to announce for all you guys, but I appreciate you having me on now. Hurricane Shane Burgos, everybody. Great insight on UFC 249 and looks like uh, some fight news will be coming down the pipe for Shane Burgos. I kind of like that Josh Emmett matchup. That makes all the sense in the world, but we'll see if Emmett will, will take that step back. I know he wants a big fight. He's got a couple of big wins, but Burgos versus Emmett. I'd be down for that one. But Burgos, definitely a guy to keep your eye on in a very interesting featherweight division. And speaking of the featherweight division, Saturday night was a big night for that division, including Calvin Cater, who picked up the biggest win of his career against Jeremy Stevens via second-round TKO. What a nasty elbow that he landed on the feet and another nasty one on the ground. An incredible finish for the Boston finisher. And I had the chance to catch up with him on Monday afternoon, less than 48 hours removed from his big win in Jacksonville. Here it is. All right, we have one of the big winners from UFC 249 back on the show, Calvin Cater, who picked up a huge finish of Jeremy Stevens on Saturday night in might I add, there should have been another bonus added to the mix for the Boston finisher. Calvin, you look like a million bucks. How are you, man? Feeling great. Yeah, someone should have told me not to get on a Tony Ferguson, uh, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gage, the undercard, if you want any bonus money. That's a good way to look at it. But uh, okay, you got the win. Yeah, take it. Take it. Uh, just know, is that a Boston Red Sox uh, shirt you got on? Guilty. Guilty, guilty. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> my producer Casey gave me a bunch of crap. He's like, oh, you're such a homer. And I didn't realize that I put it on at like nine o'clock this morning. And then now I'm here talking to you. So it looks like I'm kind of kissing your ass, but I would wear I this like it, anyways. I like it. And the tiger red too. I like it. For sure. Well, congratulations on the win, man. I mean, less than 48 hours removed as we record this. How does it all feel after having a full day, day and a half to sort of soak it all in? Oh, uh, it's great. Um, like I said to you before, just uh, I, I feel better with a broken nose than uh, healthy with a loss. You know, a broken nose and a win and uh, feeling healthy with, them, with a loss. It's, I'm just, uh, especially the last one, it was November, and then dealing with this, the fight camp three times over. I was, I was just, I'm, I'm glad I'm on the other side where we finally got, got another rep in and be able to get that last one that the taste out of the boat, you know? Yeah, how are you feeling like physically though? I mean, obviously you're happy with the win, so it kind of negates any physical pain. But you know, how are you feeling talking to me right now? Does it suck to even talk to me? Honestly, I'll tell the madness, man. I feel fucking great. I won. I don't give a shit. You know, especially with the you know the way it worked out. Yeah, it sucks, man. It is what it is. But um, you know, I trade the rook for the queen any day. So um, I was glad because that's when he he landed the big shots when I landed the elbow. I'll take that trade any day of the week, man. It sucks. It is what it is. But if you tell me that you get the W going through it, I, I take the same shot, you know? So we're on this side with the W and, uh, you know, hopefully another big moment opportunity uh, in the future. How does it feel being back in New England? I was speaking with your manager and head coach, Tyson Chartier, while you guys are at Fight Week. He said it was extremely hot in Jacksonville. He said it was almost 90 degrees and it was just kind of gross out there. But now we're back in the 40s. It snowed on Friday night in Massachusetts. Calvin, you didn't get to see that. But are you happy to be back in the inconsistencies of New Scotty? England? 
imagine this guy, Tyson, over here complaining about 80, 90 degree weather. Like, this guy, he's just, you can't please him. You can't please him. Uh, but, no, I was, I enjoyed myself. You know, a lot of times fight week, it, it either leaves a, uh, a good taste or a bad taste, depending on how well you do that fight sometimes, you know. Off a win, everything, let me and Joe, let me and Rob talk about it. And uh, after a win, like, even the water, oh, this is the best water, man, everything. You know, whatever you do, it's just normal. It's just uh, everything's a little bit better off of a win. So uh, pumped with uh, how I remember Jacksonville. You know, it was right. It was right next to a river walk. Uh, the venue was a three-minute drive. Everything was kind of simplistic in that sense. And uh, and yeah, so great time. I, I, honestly, the weather was a lot better than it is here. But <laughs> take it. <laughs> So let's go back to fight week and everything. So you, you arrived at Jacksonville, you get the swab up the nose, you're tested daily. It seemed like the UFC really did go above and beyond like advertised with the health and safety aspect. What was that all like from your perspective? Was it what you expected it to be or was it even more so? I just expected to not really have a clue how shit was going to go down, you know, and be okay with that. So uh, that's pretty much what happened. And it all worked out even down to the, kind of bus ride over you get there and then try to take care of any USADA obligations or get your hands wrapped and have 45 minutes before you get out there. It was all kind of just no downtime, you know? So you just kind of got to just be focused through all that and not let it distract you from the 15 minutes that you're going to be spending in the octagon because that's the most important time where you got to be locked in. Friday was obviously a really interesting day for you and actually for everybody else, but you specifically because Jeremy misses weight by four and a half pounds. So I'm curious, when were you made aware that he wasn't going to make weight? Did you know before he stepped on the scale? I don't know. I was like the last one to find out. <laughs> I felt like people were like looking at me and like, damn, I wonder how he's reacting. Like I hadn't, I hadn't even found out yet. Uh, I was just focused on making weight myself, being one of the first ones on the scale at 9 a.m. And Jeremy had already made his way through. So I'm like, and he's hydrating. I'm like, oh, well. Must have been you know, easier cup and two maybe then to my surprise because I don't know if I mentioned it to you before but yeah I don't I think a lot of these guys were I'm surprised it was only one fight that came in a little heavy sometimes people break you know under the circumstances but now everyone everyone did their part except for Jeremy and go figure and uh, you know five pounds is a little was a little much I think and uh, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing going in and but it is what it is man I, I'm just glad it panned out the way it did but. Just to be the first one on the scale after missing weight by so much and taking off your boxers and things, I'm like, kind of already step on the scale before you make it to the, the scale up front, you know? So you already knew you were at five, and then I'm saying taking off your boxers and for what, you know? It's like, whatever. But worked out long run, you know? It is what it is. You said at the post-fight press conference, and you, you, you're, you're a pretty composed guy for the most part, but you said... It's, I think it's because of the New England Patriots mindset that you bring to the table. But you said you were pissed about everything that happened with the weight miss, but then everything was was cool once you guys fought and shook hands and stuff. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how pissed, how pissed were you actually around 9.45 in the morning on Friday? Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I try to, it's a trained mentality, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the Patriots mindset. You know, But I still got a little fuck it in my system, too. And so you got to have that when you step in there in the cage, man. It's, so... Uh, I try to keep those things. I try to keep the locker room material to myself, not give it. I try to keep that energy and not give it out to anybody else and let it out. I save it off fight night. But I was pretty pissed. But when he came up to me and shook my hand after after a, a tough fight, I I had a, you know I I, I kind of just chopped it up and just mentioned the weight thing. But you know ultimately after you throw it out someone and they come up to you and they shake your hand, uh, it had all respect from there. And he did give me a hell of a fight. Uh, First round, I give it to him, and uh, second round, I felt like we started sitting down on our shots a little bit more, and uh, and we weren't going to get edged out in another round, you know, and got a big shot to get the finish. Once Tyson confirmed that this fight was a go, and it was no surprise to anybody, but was this fight in any jeopardy at all? Like, what was that 90 minutes or so like with the negotiation process between you weighing in and, you know, squaring off face-to-face -face with each other about an hour and a half later? It was just a whole bunch of them saying 30%, us saying 40%, and trying to meet in the middle, which didn't happen. So ultimately, if I wanted to fight, it was at 30. And uh, it is what it is, man. It's, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the difference in the percent. We knew we were taking the fight. It's, uh, you know, through everything that happened, the last thing I was going to do was, I wasn't looking for a way out of that fight, you know, since January. So I'm not going to start now come fight night. And uh, 
Orwellian Day. So we made it happen on our end and just, you know, just did everything we could that 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 was our obligation. You know, we did everything we said and and and, and delivered at the end of it. So um, I'm just excited for hopefully the opportunity next. Uh, hopefully it's a big one. And I just want to capitalize on keep capitalizing on big moment opportunities and see how many I can snowball, man. Let's get a streak together. There you go. Uh, last thing on Friday is if all of that wasn't enough, we head to Friday night. We found out that Jacare had tested positive for COVID-19 and everything sort of shifted online when it came to the event. There was almost like like the savings account of positivity that had been building up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this Jacare news drained a lot of that account out. So like, how did you react to the news outside of hoping for the best for Jacare and his coaches, I'm sure? Yeah, and then I felt also, of course, for them. And then Ryan, uh, Uriah Hall for losing his, uh, his fight. Um, you know, hopefully they can get him rescheduled. I'm not sure what's going to even come of that. But of course, Jacare and his family healthy. But uh, my coach, Carlos Neto, he actually tested positive to the antibody too in the beginning. So they don't know if you actively have it, but it says you've had it. And he held it out with us for like three days. We didn't even know until come like fight day or weigh-in day, I believe weigh-in day, that he was going to actually be able to corner with us. So that was a quick scare and uh, it all worked out. And uh, yeah, we were nervous. And then especially if the fight was even going to happen, you know, who knows how the last time it got shut down by ESPN, you never know when just they're going to pull the plug in. Uh, when you see one, you just don't want to multiply you know so glad we were the first show some of these other shows wednesday and saturday maybe they're a little bit more nervous than us you know but i think we kicked off the first one the first one uh pretty smooth let's get into the fight itself you mentioned that you felt like you lost the first round i think that was kind of the that the way a lot of people felt about it but the whole fight was crazy man i mean jeremy was going to the leg he was throwing heavy heavy shots and i thought you actually landed the most impactful strike of the round that echoed across every television uh, around the world. I mean, it was a crazy right hand that you landed, and that sort of changed the momentum of the fight. But did anything surprise you from Jeremy's end in that first round? Uh, I felt like he was. I felt like he did a good job. But he got the dogfight a little bit more out of me, and uh, which, uh, like I said, I got some of that in my system. So uh, he he did a good job bringing it out of me, and I felt like. I kind of was looking for too much of a big one as much as I would expect him to do that in the first round. You know, he was able to kind of almost get that on me a little bit more. And then uh, I just had a, I was downloading that first round though, you know, downloading what I was seeing and trying to stay safe in the process. And uh, by the second round, I was able to tighten up on that timing and distance. And they yeah, had just landed a big shot that you don't really feel. And then until you see him, you know, on the canvas and I just followed up, but really happy to get the, the job done on, uh, on that long camp, you know, because you didn't seem, at least from what I saw, and I've talked to you a few times at this point, you didn't seem very happy heading back to the stool after that first round. Is that accurate? Were you were you upset about something? I was pissed. Yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> I took a long, deep breath. I was pissed because I, you know, you you, you want to study and download and stuff, but at the same time, uh, you only get three rounds in MMA, so you kind of got to get busy right away. And uh, we'll, it's something we're gonna obviously continue to work on, whatever. But. Uh, yeah, I was a little upset going to that first round, a little pressure. I was, wasn't getting my timing right the way I wanted to, but I was still downloading. And then the second round, I started putting that frustration out in a little bit more combinations and sitting in the pocket a little bit more and starting to trade a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, and then just landed a big shot. Were you surprised the, left, the, the referee let it continue after the elbow landed? I, I always uh, just, as soon as I land a big shot, man, I go in for the kill. Um, so I really wasn't paying attention to the ref other than if he was trying to beat me to him. You know, I, I try to get on it right away and give him a reason to quit. And, and especially when, when you show five pounds overweight, I think on fight day, I just got to just gotta show him the, the end of the clip, you know, just try to make him a reason to want to quit and get out of there. But um, it was a good fight. He did. Uh, he brought a good fight, mixed it up pretty well. And uh, and he, 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 he edged me out the first round and was, was pumped. I got that. Uh, started started changing in the second you know at, at the post fight you 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 were kind of upset early it just you had that look in your eyes like you weren't happy with the performance but you just landed a big shot that's kind of like how you how you spoke about it afterwards have you yeah. gone back and watched it and maybe do you, do you feel any differently about it no i just i feel like there's just more to build off each i saw more more times where i think things sucked and some other things i was happy with you know just more in detail now but more of each uh, i think it's it's always good when you can learn off wins, you know, and uh, that's pretty much what happened yesterday. He did a good job of uh, he he did a good job in the first round, but 
adjusted in the second and uh, got some good takeaways from the fight, was able to stay busy. I think we improved a lot in the camp, more so than the fight. Uh, I had a lot of time to prepare for Jeremy, and, and we worked on a lot of things, and I feel like I developed a lot as a fighter in the last five months. How did you guys celebrate the win? I mean, you, you couldn't do too much. It wasn't like you could head to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch the rest of the car with a bunch of fans. Like, how, What did you guys end up doing after the, after the big win? We just went right back. They they uh, didn't even let us leave our stuff in the locker room. They put it outside the door for us for when we finished the fight. I ran through a bunch of media obligations, and then they sent you right back to the hotel. So, yeah, we, we just went back to the hotel. I uh, I iced up a little bit real quick, and uh, and then we just stayed in the, the hotel downstairs for about an hour and went back to the room. Can't really shut off after a fight like that, though. You know, I was up till like, 7. I had to leave for my flight at, like, 8.30 in the morning for the shuttle. But it's just kind of, you don't expect to get sleep on fight day. You don't expect to get sleep on uh, weight cut night. You know, it just doesn't happen. So usually the next week, you're pretty run down if you don't catch up. Did you get to watch the rest of the card anyways? Uh, I watched, I did. I watched most of them. Uh, Francis, I saw while I was doing the post-fight interviews, and it sounded just like the whole place out back just, you know, screamed and went quiet. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> And, uh, and I saw, I was, oh shit, what happened? It was crazy, man. The guy's a beast, but, uh, his, and then I saw, I ended up seeing the replay, I think later on towards the end of the night, when I got back to the room, they had them, they had them on in the room. Yeah, it was, it was a great night of fight to start off early too. Like, uh, another featherweight that made some noise like yourself was Bryce Mitchell had that nice win over oh, yeah. Charles Rosa. He looked great. I know he's not a guy necessarily that you're looking at right now, but he's on the come up in a really interesting division. 145 compared to what it was two years ago. It's a completely different landscape. Did you get a chance to watch old Thug Nasty do his thing? This could be a, a future opponent maybe a couple of years down the road. Yeah, everybody's a future opponent. Ideally, hopefully, uh, the immediate future is guys that are ranked above me is the goal, but uh, he, he's a talented kid, man. He, he looks solid on the ground. Charles is a beast on the ground, and uh, he dominated, you know, so he definitely, and, and I'm pumped. He finally got his camo shorts, man. I'm happy for him. <laughs> He's hurt. What'd, what'd you think of the main event? That thing was bananas. Main event. Yeah. Crazy. Justin Gage is a, 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 an animal and Tony Ferguson, I mean, he's a savage. It's just, we knew what we were getting there. It's just, that's why I didn't really have much stock in bonusing this fight. I was like, there's a lot of heavy hitters on here. I'm just going to go and try to just win a fight. And, uh, when I got that finish, Man, I, I tell you, what was that card I was on with uh, the, the champ, Valentina? She was on it. She was the fight after me. I want to say Cowboy and Lawler were next. And then uh, there was one more big main event. Uh, all three of them bonus right after me. It's like... It's, that was Mariah uh, Cejudo, right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. The it Chicago was, card? Right? Chicago, yeah, right? Yeah, Chicago. So I had the big one with Lamas and then... Go figure, man. Head kick Valentina. Crazy, you know, finish. Uh, Cowboy and, and those Lawler, right? Of yeah. course, fight of the night. And then uh, the performance uh, was the, the main event as well. So I, I always kind of try to keep it low key after, man. You never know an MMA card. It's, it, it goes quick. Oh, was Cowboy. Fer was that Cowboy Ferguson? That was Cowboy Ferguson, right? Actually, it was. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. You were screwed. <laughs> Yeah, they're screwed, man. I, I got to stop getting on these cards. I got to get me more fight nights. For you moving forward, I mean, it's it's top five or bust right now. I mean, you're probably going to end up in the top five or, or just outside of it. It's a top five opponent for your next fight. Yaya Rodriguez seems to be the popular pick amongst the, the community here. This is what needs yeah. to happen. Top five for Calvin Cater, right? Hey, I want bit more big moment opportunities. So whoever that adversary is that's going to give me that on the other side of the cage, uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup. You're excited to just chill out now for a little while after a 19-week no, training honestly, camp? Honestly, I'm excited to get back to work, for real. Like, I, I don't know what to do if I'm not staying moving. And, and and all these, you know, big opportunities, it's just driving me to want to get more in the gym, more in the gym. Let's, let's take out these guys that call themselves the best in the world. When do you want to get back if uh, the world was the best possible place? Shit, i going to see how my nose fixes up tomorrow. But uh, once that's in place, and I, I'll have a better idea of the exact date, but I want to be busy this year, man. I, I, I'm focused, I'm dialed in, and I'm ready to go. Calvin Cater, ladies and gentlemen, big win against Jeremy Stevens on Saturday, one of the many highlights of UFC 249 in Jacksonville, Florida. How did it feel, honestly, to 
to, to be a part of that event overall. I mean, you go in there with certain expectations, Calvin. You, you want to be the guy to to be a part of the revolution, to bring sports back to the community, do it for Boston, and to be a part of a card like that that delivered in every way. What does that mean to you now that it's over? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it brings me one step closer to the ultimate goal, one day bringing a, a UFC title uh, you know, champion to the city of Boston. So, uh, you know, I think me and Rob Font, the wrestling cartel, are working hard at it. And, uh, just one step closer now. There you go. Congratulations on the win, Calvin. I appreciate the time as always. Heal up, and we'll see you back in there sooner rather than later, man. Congratulations. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Good talking. Great stuff right there from Calvin Cater coming out of UFC 249 and his big win on Saturday night. A top five fight is in his future, it looks like. I'd love to see the fight between Cater and Yaya Rodriguez sometime this year if the UFC can make that one happen. And Cater's nose is okay. And, you know, the, the pandemic kind of st- things start lifting up and we can move ahead. But, you know, the next fight Calvin Cater has, I really hope it's it's with Yaya Rodriguez. That's a great fight. I think it's a big one for both of those guys. But let's move ahead to our final guest of the show. Let's check in with the number 10 lightweight in the UFC, Diego Fajera. He was scheduled to face Drew Dober on May 2nd in Oklahoma City. That event was postponed, but Drew Dober ended up getting a fight with Alexander Hernandez for UFC Jacksonville, which happened last night as this drops. And honestly, I don't know what happened in that fight as the show drops, but here's my conversation with Diego Fajera. All right, we are being joined right now by the number 10 ranked lightweight in the world. He was actually supposed to face Drew Dober earlier this month, but that didn't materialize due to everything going on in the world. Dober is now going to face or at least when this drops, we'll have already faced Alexander Hernandez in Jacksonville. But let us check in with the surging Diego Fajera. Diego, how are you, man? Doing great, doing great, guys. Uh, just here, you know, stay, stay busy, stay uh, uh, on top and everything, especially with how you say uh, everything's going on with the coronavirus in the world. And we, but we don't stop grinding, you know. We just keep working. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to be back soon on, on the cage. So how has everything gone during this crazy time in the world with COVID, the quarantine? How have you handled all this throughout this time? Uh, it, it, it's been like really like uh, it's been crucial for me, you know, uh, especially because I, I have my business, I have my, my gym, I train myself. Um, you know, I was supposed to get married with my wife, you know, on the church. We had to cancel, you know, a couple things happen, you know, but uh, one of those things that I'm happy with is because I I finally, uh, I started con- uh, the construction of my house, you know, on, on, on the property, I, I got it. And now uh, we almost, we almost done, but we have to stop a little bit because uh, the, mo- the money was a little bit short, but uh, now we started. That, that's, that's one of the most things that I'm, I'm happy with. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of rough to, to all these uh, uh, things happen in the world. I'm spending a lot of more time with my family and my, my loved ones. And, you know, it is try to be as possible as I, we can, you know. And that's what I, I, we're doing right now. So did you get married, but just not the big church wedding? Yeah, we back uh, because one that was supposed to be in a day, uh, that's when we get to the quarantine, like not, uh, 10 people out. Like when we started getting, okay, we just got invited the, 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 the padrinos, you know, uh, the father-in-laws and everybody. And then the church, you know, cannot be, can, can happen because, uh, we're not allowed more than, than five people and then go down, start getting down on people, you know, start like a, uh, getting shorter the numbers of people inside the church. And then we decide we got to have to battle, uh, wait and see what's going to happen. Maybe next year we, we have another chance to get married again because we're married. We're married, uh, but we want to get married by the and and everything, you know, but, uh, uh, we have to, to, to wait for the next, uh, chance, but, uh, you know, things, things happen for a reason. And, uh, we took a little bit, uh, uh really hard with this, but, uh, you know, we, 
we're happy the way we are, we is right now, and uh, we're together. That's the most important. There you go. Well said. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, you were supposed to fight Drew Dober on May 2nd at that card in Oklahoma City before it got canceled or postponed, however you want to say it. But then things got sort of switched around and Drew got the fight with Hernandez. Were you offered a chance to fight Drew on one of these Jacksonville cards at all? What happened there? Uh, we we have the chance, you know, but uh, uh, like the way I said, we have... Uh, things happened in my life like really hard after that like uh and i could have got the fight i gotta say that like you know but, but uh it was kind of kind of sad for me because i want to fight dober so like real bad and being a wow want to fight him you know i always look up to him and say damn this guy is good i think it's gonna be good to fight him one day and i was having the chance and we don't sign the contract you know anything but uh we would match up to 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 fight, but and then I never got the contract. I never got anything. But uh, I hope one day we we can really get an occasion and put our game on because I I like his style and I I love to get in and punch each other in the face when I get inside the cage and why why not? And I don't know what's gonna happen in the future, you know. But I, I look up to 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 fight him one day how did you react to finding out that drew was going to fight alexander hernandez now i kind of got a little like uh, uh i kind of got a little like really how can i say like like uh it's like i don't know how to say uh really like nice scared uh, surprise sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprise because uh, He's he's not in the rank, you know. Uh, exactly. Uh, Alex in the rank number fifteen. I thought he's gonna fight somebody like a little bit above, you know. That was gonna be better. But uh, uh, he gonna fight Dober. It's still gonna be a good fight, you know. I'm look up for this fight tomorrow, and today they all make way real awesome. And I think it's gonna be a good fight. Yeah, I hope like uh, I hope Alex win because i really want to smash his face i don't like that guy and i hope i can fight him too i don't know he talked too much you know and i uh, don't like the way the way he expresses himself sometimes and he tries you know look down at people when he's not even out there like that much and out there that much and think he's all all there and i really you know i don't like kind of the person like that you know and uh and he's from Texas, and I hope we can get in a cage together one day. You know, I'm really looking for that. I know this is going to be released after the fight actually happens because it's Tuesday afternoon as we record this. But you could look like a genius right now. Who do you think wins that fight, Dober or Hernandez? I, I really, I like Dober. I wanted to fight Dober, but uh, I want Alex to win because I'm probably wanted to fight him. You know, that's I'll be, I'll be a good. Match up because I really don't like that guy and uh, be, you know, I I I I hope he can get this one. So you have a rooting interest, but you're not making an official pick here. Yeah, it's official. I want to win, but you know, it doesn't matter who wins for me. But just because I don't like Alex and I want to fight Alex, it'll be a good chance to root for him and then maybe can have a match up with him because I don't like him. You know, <laughs> it's just gonna be like, yeah, I want to step up to him and really get a chance to fight him. This is like the friendliest way someone has ever said that they don't like another fighter. This is great. This is very friendly. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you never have to look down the person. That's what I my way. If I want to fight him, I don't like him, but still, you know, I still want to get there and, you know, smash his face. With the UFC coming back and they're putting on all these events, starting with that crazy UFC 249 event on Saturday. They get the event tomorrow as we record, another one on Saturday. It looks like the train has officially left the station amidst this this global pandemic. Realistically, when would you like to get back in there for one of these future events? If they called you right now and said, when would you be ready to fight? When would you, what would you tell them? I, I want to be uh, uh, waiting for next month, you know? Right now, after I... I I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say I cannot be waiting again in a month, but uh, give me a month and a half. You know, just getting back. Thank God, 
my gym I was open right now, like two, uh, a week ago, I was closed. The city closed my gym, and I couldn't get in and then in and out. But now officially it's open, and I can get back to my my normal train. But give me a month and a half, I'll be a hundred percent ready, and then uh, I have no excuse. A month and a half from here to now, I'll I'll, I'll want to get into the cage of uh, Fisher, and that's what I'm telling. I I asked my manager already, like give me a month and a half, a month and a half just to get you know healthy. Uh, get my weight down a little bit more, you know, but uh, uh, I, I want to guess as soon as I can. And uh, I, can't, I can't say as soon as I can, but a month and a half is the proper proper way to, you know, be waiting for a fight. You're you're in an interesting position right now because you're now in the top 10 and having a, a number like that next to your name to the naked eye, that holds a lot of weight. But if you talk to different fighters, some look at the rankings differently depending on who you talk to. Like some say that the rankings don't matter. Others say that it does. Do you take a lot of stock into the rankings and where you sit right now? Uh, I never really know. I'm a fighter. I like to fight. You know, I love to fight. I just don't like to call weight, <laughs> but I like to fight. <laughs> but uh, uh, for me, sometimes numbers really doesn't matter. You know, um, you know, it, it's that's who you're gonna fight with. It, it's gonna be more attention. Like people are gonna be like keep an eye on you. You know, look, McGregor getting all this eye attention of who he who he fight with. You know, numbers. It's thing coming. Coming with uh, with uh, who you gonna fight with, you know what I mean? Like uh, if you fight uh, a guy top ten, he's actually gonna get there. But uh, it's good to have uh, the number, you know, because you put uh, you put yourself with the bass. You gonna be there with the bass. You know, you number one, number two, number whatever. But uh, it is good. It's good to have uh, the number on 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 the. Uh, with you just so can get a, a better fighters. Yeah. Cause to me, just sort of a, from the outside looking in, you're almost in like a blessing and a curse type situation being the number 10 guy, because you're on a big winning streak right now. You've won six in a row. And then in your last fight, you became the first guy to submit Anthony Pettis at UFC 246. You're in a kind of a tough spot in my opinion, because I can't imagine there's a lot of guys in the top 10 that are going to jump at the chance to fight you right now. Like not out of fear, but just kind of looking at it from a risk versus reward standpoint. Do you think that, you know, you might have difficulty booking a fight with somebody inside the top 10 right now? I think so. Like I was going to want to fight like Quinta, but like Quinta don't want to fight nobody under a hand. And I said, all right, uh, okay, whatever. That's when I mentioned to fight Dober. You know, just, just get one of those guys. I, I mentioned Alex too, you know, and I like Quinta, one of those. And, you know, that's when I I, 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 I want to fight uh, Dober and it don't happen. But uh, it, it, it's a hard situation. It is, you know, but I'm looking for the bright side. Like, to get, I can get at least uh, like somebody to, to, to fight. I really don't care, you know. And uh, as long as I, I can get a a good matchup and and, and it started getting my 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 way to the to the big to the big uh, big fights I, I really don't care so best case scenario for you right now hernandez beats dober you get that call to fight hernandez maybe over the summer give you time adequately to prepare you and hernandez july or august that'd be sort of the the ideal situation Oh sure, that's that's one that like I really want to looking for, you know. That's that's something it bring him a smile in my face just, just thinking about it, and then it's, especially if, especially if it be here in Texas, you know, like it'll, it'll be good for 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 both fighters, you know. And uh, I'm look out for that one, you know. I just yeah, I, I'm I, I'm really looking for he can get this fight, you know. And Duber is a good fighter, you know. Duber is not like uh, 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 a guy you gotta get down like so easily, but oh, sorry, you know. But uh, we see. I hope. I hope he can. He can get this one. Yeah, outside of the main event, that's the that, that's the fight that that interests me the most. Um, did you watch UFC two forty nine on Saturday? Uh, I did. I did. I I I, uh, I watched all the fights. Um, uh, on this Saturday, I was impressed. Yeah, super you, impressed. 
You were at- attached in some way to a lot of what happened on Saturday. First off, the aforementioned Anthony Pettis, the man you defeated in your last fight, fights Donald Cerrone, picks up a decision win. That fight was a lot of fun to watch. Who did you score that for, by the way? Look, I'm a big fan of Cowboy. I'm a really big fan. I always look up to that guy like, damn, I, I, one of those guys, like for me and myself, I don't want to fight with, you know, but I look up for that guy a lot. And and, and one of those guys expi- inspire me to to be who I am. And, and damn, he's, I think he got that fight, you know, like the, he just missed a little bit on at the end, you know, the couple combinations at the end, Anthony got it, you know, on the end. But uh, I was tied, and then Anthony took it. You know, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I see like it's just real close fight. You know, I, I that's how I, I scored that one. But uh, uh, I, I wish a cowboy could win that one. Uh, and, and that's it's not about the. the yeah, like just because I like that guy a lot, and I like the the, the way he fought, the way he t- took uh, care of his career and everything. But I wish he could have got that that one. But Anthony got it. What did you think of Anthony's performance overall? Because it's tough to come back. You know, you go through this whole career, your whole career, winning titles, and yeah, you're gonna lose fights from time to time, but. The first time getting submitted in your last fight, being able to bounce back the way that he did. What did you think of his performance overall? Uh, his performance did good. He did the right strategy. You know, stay he stay on the on the pocket with uh, with uh, with cowboy. You know, counter like every co- uh, combination cowboy throw, and then he, and he tried look always for the body shot. You know, but uh, uh, he did he did the right strategy, and he took a lot of advantage on the. On a, a count on the counters of a uh, uh, cowboy, but uh, he did he did awesome. You know, he did what he had to do to get the win, and he got it. A couple of your uh, Fortis MMA teammates were scheduled to compete on Saturday. Ryan Spann picked up a hard-fought win over Sam Alvey. That was a crazy fight. But Uriah Hall was scheduled to fight Jacare Souza. And then we found out Friday night that Jacare had tested positive for COVID-19. A couple of his cornermen as well, and the fight was off. And you know, Uriah has been putting it together and it seems like he's in a really good place right now since the move to Fortis, even moved into the gym to get ready for the fight. So, you know, as someone who knows Uriah and a member of the UFC roster in general, how did you react to the news on Friday night? Uh, I was a little sad, you know, Jack Ray, he's a, the same town I grew up with, like in Manaus, you know, but I really want to see the fight with, uh, we ran hall because he's my teammate. And uh, I see how much work that guy putting in to get, you know, to get uh, a fight like that, that, that side. But, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could see the fight, you know, because I, I, I don't know how, how I'm going to be, be like more like, look, who's going to win. I, I really wanted my teammate to win because he, I see the sacrifice he put in Jacare too. It, it's a, put me in a really weird spot you know but uh um i know how much uh, those fighters needed the fight you know and i uh, wish it that, that fight i wish it had like jack Ray get better on uh on to his uh you know his covid 19 19 and then get out of the situation he can get a fight because he have a family to 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 supply you know it's sad to see that but uh you know, I see like both fighters in need of fight, but I hope something happened like for them both so, like soon and they can have another shot, uh, shot on the, on the UFC again. Yeah, well said. Uh, Dana White did say he was, uh, they were going to take care of both fighters, which is, uh, which is good. That should happen. But uh, of yeah. course, the main event in your division, Justin Gaethje becomes the interim champion with a fifth round TKO win over over Tony Ferguson. Good lord, what a crazy fight that was! What a performance from Justin Gaethje. What was your takeaway from that fight be, between two guys that you're hoping to share the cage with someday? I, I hope so. You know, I was. I, 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 it's it's really good to see this gate be so technical like that. You know, like the way he performs. I never seen him performance that. The the much like that that clean you know because he 
I seen a bunch of his fight. I've been watching his, a lot of his fight, and he was wild. Like he got rocked sometimes. This time he got one time uh, by the end of the, the round, but uh, he put like like some like his combinations was incredible. Like I, I I took I took my hat for the hand, you know, and Tony Ferguson too. Like for be so uh, determined, you know, and get that the the, the Getting hit and he's still moving forward, still putting the pressure. But that day, just gave was like phenomenal. You know, he he put it his his right strategy to fight a fight that side. You know, like uh, uh, he put his his face on to okay, I'm not gonna be crazy how I used to be. I gotta be nice, technical, and I'll be a great fighter. And he did. He, he put a great fight, and I take. I take for just again make like make the way you know fight uh, uh, on you know main event like uh, uh, on that event like so people all, all all over the world been watching and he did great and I'm really impressed with this I'm really impressed with him too like uh, uh, the way he put all his his combination together. Yeah, he looked fantastic. How do you think he matches up with Habib? Because Dana White said to a, an ESPN affiliate in Chicago, he's planning on making that fight for Fight Island sometime this summer, Gaethje versus Habib. How do you think he matches up with Habib? Wow, that that's hard. I don't I to right now on the UFC, I don't see nobody taking Gaethje down. You know. And I see a lot of people trying but never get it and uh I, 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 I'm a big fan of um a Khabib too, you know, good wrestling, but uh I think Khabib have to put a good uh, 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 strategy to get the fight, but uh, I, I wish that those, those two fighters the best, and you know, so we're gonna get. It. But uh, I think it's gonna be a good fight to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, last thing before we let you go, I appreciate the time very much. I saw a video on your Instagram the other day. It was you and your son training together. He was holding a kick pad, I believe, and you guys are getting some work in together. That has to be, you know, especially being a dad myself, that has to be a pretty cool experience having your kid join you in something that you love and that you do for a living, right? Yeah, yeah. My, 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 all my three kids doing like the training, the training. Uh, I try being in shape with them, you know, to be like playing at the same time, but I have a like little workout and uh, I sparred my old one. Like my old one's going to be 18 and 22nd, uh, the, 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 the May. And, uh, my little one, they always like try like to be, <laughs> to be involved. But, uh, uh you know, it, it's good to have my, my kids around and, and especially like on this time and having my training too you know <laughs> my train partners <laughs> yeah right that's yeah it's, it's a great video it's amazing stuff and as you know uh it goes by very quickly this fatherhood stuff so continue to enjoy it thank you for coming on diego great stuff all the best to you and the family and we look forward to seeing you back in the octagon this summer sooner rather than later at least thank you again for the time thank you thank you guys i appreciate it Diego Fajera wrapping up this edition of What the Heck on MMAfighting.com. It was a little crazy putting this one all together with three fight cards in a week. Hopefully next week will be a little less chaotic, but thank you all for your patience and checking out the show. Wanted to make sure we got something out for you, and I think this one delivered with the guests that we had. So big thank you to Diego Fajera, to Calvin Cater, and to Shane Burgos. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you're listening and watching. Plus, check out all the other programming that we have for you, like the A-Side Live Chat, Eurobash, Coffee Talks, all the event previews and post shows, and much more. So there you go. That's it. I am done. No more ranting from me. I am Mike Heck, and as always, have a heck of a week, everybody. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.